This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly. In this episode, we'll talk about the Eagles. This is a special football episode. Eagles, what a dramatic victory over the Bears in Chicago last week. Uh, one of the best victories in Eagles history. Really. I mean, th- that, that good, that special. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about divisional weekend coming up. Eagles Saints. Do the Eagles have a chance to win this game? I think they do. I think they have a real good chance to win this game. We'll talk about all of that coming up in the podcast today. And we'll start, obviously, talking about the Eagles' huge win over the Chicago Bears. So here we are just a couple days after the Eagles' unbelievable, improbable just uh, speechless after that victory in Chicago on Wild Card Weekend. And the, the turn this team has taken over the last two months has been nothing short of incredible. I mean, think back to the weekend before Thanksgiving. Eagles get beaten in New Orleans by 41 points, completely embarrassed. Okay, we still thought maybe they could win the division at that point. Nobody thought this team was a real contender for anything. Nobody thought this team was going to had a run in them. No chance. Yet here we are. The Eagles have somehow found their way into the playoffs, thanks in large part to the Bears. An unbelievable game last weekend against the Chicago Bears in Wild Card Weekend. One, I'd say probably a top 10 victory in my lifetime. You know, it's 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 behind obviously the three postseason wins last year, behind the NFC Championship game against the Falcons. Uh, from 2004, and there are a few other playoff games that probably came a little later that are ahead of this one, but that game was incredible. And it's not, at this point, it's not unbelievable to think that the Eagles could repeat as champions. They're three games away. They're three games away. You heard Doug Peterson say it to his team after the game in the locker room. That's one. That's one. And you can tell the belief with this team is there, and they can feel it. They can feel how close they are. And I am just so impressed as a fan of this team, so proud of the way this team has continued to fight, has continued to believe, has not given up. And you think back to where they were. Four and six coming off that loss to the Saints. Down 19-3 to the New York Giants, the lowly New York Giants at home. And it looked like it was, it looked like, you know, they were on the verge of quitting. I remember Saquon Barkley had a, a touchdown run in that game to put the Giants up 19-3. And I tweeted it out. I said they've quit because it, it appeared that way. And then after that, I, I remember Malcolm Jenkins melted down on the sideline, screaming at his play, imploring his teammates to keep playing, to, 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 you know, keep in this thing. And the Eagles find a way to win that game in large part thanks to Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins, if you remember, Malcolm Jenkins 
saved the season. Eagles down 19-11. Giants going in before halftime. Giants score a touchdown there. It's over. Giants kick a field goal there. It's probably over considering the Eagles barely won that game. Malcolm Jenkins picked off Eli Manning, and I feel like that play changed this season. Eagles win that game, beat Washington the next week. The following week, they lose to Dallas. And even though that was a loss, and a painful, painful loss that really sealed the division in the Cowboys' favor, the way they played in that loss was encouraging. The way they, they showed energy, and they played so hard all game. And then, you know, you have all the... Issues the week after about Carson um, being injured. And Nick steps in. And it's not just Nick Foles. It's not just Nick Foles, as some people would have you believe. But, I mean, Nick Foles has been a huge part of what's happened. Nick Foles has played out of his mind. And I don't know how to explain what Nick Foles is doing now, what he did last year. It's incredible. I mean, you could not write a, a more incredible story, a more incredible career path than we have seen from Nick Foles in the past calendar year for him to make that run in the postseason last year, for him to step in this year and play as well as he has to to play a solid game in Los Angeles to get the Eagles back on track, to, to do the heroic things that he did at home against Houston to get that win for the Eagles and keep their season alive. And last Sunday, you know, I, I the, the confidence that Nick Foles inspires is special because you don't see it that often. I was one of the biggest Donovan McNabb fans in this town when he played here. I still am. I still think Donovan McNabb was a great quarterback for this team. Uh, Donovan McNabb, I think... I said it on my show on WIP the other night. I think Donovan McNabb, along with Ryan Howard, are the two most underappreciated athletes in this town in my lifetime. I'm 31 years old. So you go back, you know, really what I can remember the last 25 years. Donovan McNabb and Ryan Howard, I feel like, are the two most underappreciated athletes in this town in the last 25 years. But I never had the feeling with Donovan that I had the other day with Nick Foles going into that final drive. And I got to admit that. The Eagles got the ball back with, what, 4.48 to go, something like that, down 15-10 against a Bears defense that might be the best in the league. I mean, I saw, I've seen them at times this year sporadically. I haven't watched a ton of full Chicago Bears games, but watching them, you know, that defense is legit. I mean, that defense is really, really good. And they did a tremendous job on the Eagles the other day in terms of of keeping them off the scoreboard and keeping the Eagles' offense at bay. But when the Eagles got the ball back in that spot, I had complete and total confidence that Nick Foles was going to take them down the field and they were going to score. I did. I had complete confidence that Nick Foles was going to put a drive together and the Eagles were going to score and go in front. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My confidence wasn't as high when they reached fourth and goal. And and we'll we'll go through the entire game. We'll, We'll get to the field goal in a minute here. But that final possession was driving me insane. Uh, Eagles get the completion to Alshon down to the two-yard line. I was going nuts 
on first and second and goal when they run draws to Darren Sproles up the middle. And, you know, I love Doug, but I did not like those play calls at all. I did not think, you know, two consecutive draw plays to Darren Sproles up the middle were were very um, sound play calls at the time. I really didn't. I didn't think they were the right way to go in that spot. But, you know, the Eagles don't score on those two plays. Then third and goal, an out route to Alshon Jeffrey. Um, close, but knocked away. You get to fourth and goal. And I was, uh, and here's another part of this. When the Eagles took a timeout, I was, I was going nuts because them taking a timeout there could have been suicide. Because if you do not, if you do not score, on that fourth down play, you're done. Game's over. If you keep that timeout in your pocket, you at least have three three opportunities to stop the clock and get the ball back. With at least, you know, like 40 seconds remaining to try to go down and score and win the football game there. So taking a timeout at the time, I didn't like, but hey, it worked out. Because Doug felt like they... If he took the timeout and they got the right play in and they took a minute to think about it, they were going to score on that play. And it was a risky move. Calling that timeout there, an extremely, extremely risky move because if you don't, that, that made the fourth and goal the game where it wasn't necessarily the game prior to that. But, you know, Doug made that decision that he wanted his best play. He wanted a minute to think about it. And what do they call? They call a sprint out with the pass going to Golden Tate. Golden Tate, one of two options on that play, as Nick said. I believe he said Alshon in the back of the end zone was the other option on that play. But the Eagles completed to Golden Tate, and Chris Collinsworth said it on the broadcast as it happened, is that that made the trade worth it, and it did. And I have been very critical of the Golden Tate trade over the last few weeks, and really since it happened. I was one of the few people not in favor of that trade. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think Golden Tate was the right fit for this team. I didn't think he was what they needed, and I'm not sure what they needed was out there. I wanted a deep threat. I was banging that Deshaun Jackson drum. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay was, was not in a situation where they were willing to deal him. But I felt like in many ways, Golden Tate was a duplicate of Nelson Aguilar. I felt like Nelson Aguilar can pretty much do uh, most of the things, if not all the things, Golden Tate can do. But in that spot, getting that one-on-one matchup near the goal line, they had faith that Golden Tate could win. And he won. Golden Tate won his matchup and in turn put the Eagles in front. Then you have the ensuing possession. And... Man, the stress was high. And and first off, the short kickoff, Tariq Cohen runs it back to the 42, and it was like, here we go again. And and then they complete the deep ball to Allen Robinson. And I'm sure everybody in Philadelphia who's a real Eagles fan and and knows the history of this team, you're having flashbacks to Nick Foles' first ever playoff game in 2013 against the Saints. It was that exact same situation. Eagles up a point. Go-ahead touchdown, ensuing kickoff. Um, back then, it was Darren Sproles actually had the big return, and then Carrie Williams had a personal foul penalty 
that gave the Saints even more yardage, but a big return, and then it ends with with no time remaining and the opposing team kicking a field goal to win it. And that was exactly how it seemed this time. And the Bears get in a situation where they go to kick the field goal. Doug Peterson calls the time, and you expected it, and you saw it right before the snap. Doug calls the timeout, and Cody Parkey, nice and easily, just stroked it through. Knocked it right through. And at that point, I'm not going to lie, I had very little confidence that Cody Parkey was going to miss that field goal. Because the, the, with the, the amount of ease he just made that first one, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, it's over. After all that, they come down, they score, they're going to lose anyway. They give up the big return, they give up the big pass play, they're going to lose anyway. And then the, the kick, the double doink, that will be one of the most memorable plays in Philadelphia Eagles history. And you, you the, those kind of games, those kind of moments are why we're fans. Like, to have those kind of moments, like, we'll never forget that game. We'll never forget that kick. We'll never forget that fourth down conversion of Golden Tate. It doesn't matter what happens this week against New Orleans. The Eagles could go down, get beat by 40 again. And yeah, would it make it a little less special? Obviously. But we'll still never forget that play. We'll never forget that game and that victory. And the kick goes up, and you see it veering a little left. And you see it, and it's close, and it's it's still I've watched the kick like 40 times at this point. And it still looks like it's going to sneak through. It looks like it's going to sneak in just in the inside. And then it goes and it hits. And at that point, I I don't know what everybody else was thinking, but I was thinking, oh, no, still. I thought it was going to bounce through. Then it bounces down and hits the crossbar, and I thought it bounced in. I did. I thought it bounced in. Because normally, when you see a ball hit like that, where it hit off the inside of the post. It didn't hit straight on. It didn't hit on the outside. It hit on the inside of the post. And normally when a ball hits on the inside of the post like that, it's going through. Especially then it hits the crossbar. If it hit a millimeter different, that ball's going through. And I did not breathe a sigh of relief until I saw the officials walking forward, waving their arms no good. And when I saw that, I I honestly... I was at my my wife's family's house, and they're all going nuts. I was sitting there in shock. I had no reaction at that point because I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that Cody Parkey actually missed that kick. And the, the that the Eagles are actually going to the divisional round, and the Eagles are, the Eagles are two games away from the Super Bowl. The Eagles are three games away from another championship. It is possible. And you got to give so much credit to everybody involved, the players, the coaches, the front office, who I, and I've been on record many times as saying I love Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman is, in my mind, the best executive we've ever had running a team in this town. Whatever he learned from the Chip Kelly fiasco, he has come back and he is. He's been the best executive in sports the last three years. But you look at some of the things he's done. 
And I thought it was ridiculous after last, after, um, you know, the first part of this year, everybody bashing Howie Rosen because people are just looking for a scapegoat when nobody thought this roster was worse than last year. Everybody said this roster was better. Everybody said the roster was better at the beginning of the year. And the way that they have, you know, dealt with the injuries and found guys to replace players and come in and play valuable positions on this team. You look at a guy like Craven LeBlanc, who Jim Schwartz said yesterday, saved the season. And I, I think he's right. That nickel position is so important in this league. With the way teams, pretty much every team plays three receiver sets nowadays, you need a guy who can play a specialized role inside. Last year was Patrick Robinson. Eagles lost him. And it's not a position not all corners can play. Craven LeBlanc has stepped in and played great. The play he made on the Anthony Miller catch-no-catch that thankfully that rule worked out on the Eagles' side where they they ruled it a fumble, but they couldn't overturn it because nobody recovered the ball. Um, That play was incredible. The way he stayed with it and ripped that ball out was great. He had a key third down stop late in the game, and Craven LeBlanc has been tremendous for this team. You know, you couple getting a guy like that along with the Golden Tate trade and just some of the moves that Howie has made. You look at some of the draft picks. Avante Maddox, after being hurt, has stepped in and he saved the Eagles on the outside. Yeah, he got picked on a little bit the other day. But Avante Maddox, for the most part, has been tremendous for this team since coming back. They had no corner they could start on the outside. You know, Rasul Douglas, a guy they found in the mid-rounds a couple of years ago. You, you know, you're starting these two young corners who are doing a good job for you. And it's just incredible to me the way they have been able to find people to come in and and save the season despite dealing with all these injuries. Hey, just look at look at the decision not to trade Nick Foles. Everybody was bashing Howie for not trading Nick Foles prior to the season, not getting any value. Well, turns out to be a pretty darn good thing he didn't trade him because it turns out you need Nick Foles again. And I just, I can't believe the way that this team has rallied. I can't believe the way that this team has continued to fight and the way they have overcome injuries again, again. And that's a huge credit to the front office. It's a huge credit to the players on the team and a huge credit to the coaching staff. Um, Give credit to Doug Peterson and give credit to Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz has been unbelievable this year. I know he took a lot of heat early on in the season, which I think was pretty ridiculous because Jim Schwartz has done a better job this year than he did last year when this team had one of the best defenses in the league. With some of the... With, with all the issues they've had to overcome, losing your two starting corners in Darby and Mills, losing Derek Barnett, one of your best young pass rushers. Speaking of which, another Howie move, Michael Bennett has been tremendous. You know, losing these players, not having Tim Jernigan most of the year, but losing Rodney McLeod, who we see how important Rodney McLeod was to this team. The way that Jim Schwartz has continued to, to plug guys in, simplified the defense, and gotten this team to where they are defensively after really struggling in the beginning of the year is an amazing credit to him. And I'm I'm shocked 
that Jim Schwartz isn't getting more looks as a head coach because I think he he absolutely deserves it at this point. But it was an amazing victory, an amazing win, and the Eagles are now three games away from another title. And next, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about what lies ahead. Saints this weekend. Can the Eagles do the improbable once again? We'll also look at the rest of the divisional weekend matchups. Now let's go through this week's divisional round matchups. Um, we'll save the Eagles for last. That is the last game of the weekend. We'll we'll talk about that um, last year. But uh, some really great matchups. This is the best weekend of the NFL season. Because you have four games. You have the two games Saturday, the two games Sunday. Uh, the one thing that I do wish that they would do, uh, I know not a lot of people are on board with me here because, you know, I have more of an unconventional schedule where I don't, you know, typically get up at 7 a.m. the way normal people do or go to bed at 11 p.m., whatever. You know, I know a lot of people have those typical work schedules. My schedule's kind of all over the place, doing overnights, getting up different times. So I, I like the night games better. I'd rather the Saturday and Sunday schedules be the same, where game one's at 4.30, game two is in prime time at 8 o'clock. But there's game at one, game at 4.30 on Sunday, which is it's still fine. I just would prefer the games to be later on. I, I think it feels bigger that way. But uh, you get the two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and now, you know, you have your best teams. Wildcard weekend's fun, and wildcard weekend last weekend was tremendous. I mean, you got three really good games. The only game that really didn't turn out to be that competitive was Colts and Texans. Colts jumped up early, and, and that was kind of that. But this week you get, you know, the final eight. You're real contenders at this point. You're really whittling it down now. And whether you have the best teams, that's up for debate, but you got the eight, you know, eight of the hottest teams, eight of the best teams in the NFL playing this weekend. And I'm really intrigued by the matchups. And the first one in Kansas City, and man, am I rooting for Andy Reid. I want Andy Reid so bad to... to, to Get to so obviously if he plays the Eagles, I don't want Andy Reid to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, but I want Andy Reid to succeed. I like Andy Reid. Um, uh, by the way, an Andy Reid versus Eagles Super Bowl. I was just talking about it in the hallway here at WIP with Andrew Porter and Spike Eskin. Um, how big would that be? An Andy Reid versus Eagles Super Bowl. It would be the, it would be somehow it might be bigger than last year. It'd be incredible, but Andy at home against the Colts this week, and I got to tell you, I think it is a really tough matchup for Indianapolis. I think it is a really, really rough matchup for for the Chiefs going against a, an Indianapolis Colts team that is red hot. Andrew Luck, Frank Reich. They have something really special going in Indianapolis last week. I mean, they went into Houston last week. And they just jumped on top of the Texans immediately. They were up 21-0 before you could blink. I mean, you talk about an impressive performance. They went into Houston and just dominated the Texans in every which way possible. Just an incredible performance by Andrew Luck and the Colts, and I think this is a great matchup for them again this week. Going into Kansas City, and I'll tell you what, that Chiefs secondary is really bad. The Chiefs secondary 
is just is just bad. I mean, you remember back that Thursday night game a few weeks ago against the Chargers. They were getting a ton of pressure on Phillip Rivers. And their secondary couldn't hold up for two to three seconds back there. Rivers did not have much time, and he was still carving them up. Because the secondary can't cover it all. They just got Eric Berry back, but he's not the player he used to be coming off the Achilles. I think the Chiefs, obviously, with their potent offense, Mahomes has been incredible. But again, a a, a young quarterback in his first ever playoff game, you don't know how he's going to respond in that spot. You see young quarterbacks always struggle early in the playoffs. Look at last week. Quarterbacks playing their first playoff game last weekend were 0-3. When you look at Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Mitch Trubisky. So, I think Mahomes could maybe... I think Mahomes will play well. Just based off what he's done this year, I think he'll play well. I just don't know if you're going to get the acrobatic, incredible Patrick Mahomes performance that we've become accustomed to throughout the course of the season. And that Colts defense is playing pretty well. This, the, the linebacker, Darius Leonard, has been a revelation for them. And if the Colts can get a couple turnovers, I think they have a real chance to win this game. And I, I at this point, I'm going to take the Colts to win that game and advance to the AFC Championship over Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I just think this is, the Colts have something really, really special clicking right now. And I just, as good as the Chiefs' offense is, I just don't know if their defense is good enough to hold the Colts. I think this is the kind of game where the Chiefs could score 27, 30 points, and it still might be not be enough. So I'd have to give a slight edge to the Colts as of right now um, in, in that in that first matchup of the weekend. The Saturday night primetime game, you get the Cowboys at the Rams. And I'm not, <laughs> this is another thing we were talking about the whole way, is you could have like back-to-back Super Bowls if you play against the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game and then a Super Bowl against Andy Reid. I mean, how incredible would this ride, this path be for the Eagles? But I don't see it happening. I know a lot of people right now are hot on the Cowboys. A lot of people think the Cowboys have a real chance to win this game. And they might. I mean, their defense is playing at a high level right now. Um, the, the Cowboys are playing good football right now. The Rams were not playing their best at the end of the year. But I like the Rams in this game. I feel more comf- more confident in the Rams winning this game than I feel about any other game this weekend. I just think, in the end, the Rams are the better team. Yeah, they haven't been playing great late in the year, but getting the bye week, they now, you know, a lot late in the year, Todd Gurley was was dealing with injury. Obviously, he played against the Eagles, but he clearly was not 100% healthy in that game, has not played since that game, um, has had a good four weeks off at this point. And I think that Todd Gurley will be um, at least, if not 100%, closer to 100%, will be healthy. And the matchup that I look at in this game and why I believe that the Rams will indeed beat the Cowboys is Sean McVay versus Jason Garrett. Sean McVay with two weeks to prepare for this Cowboy team against Jason Garrett, who I still think is a fraud. I still think he's a puppet. I don't think he's a very good coach. I like the Rams in this game. 
I think the Rams likely win this game by double digits. I still, I you know, Dak Prescott, whatever, he's playing better. I still don't think Dak Prescott's that good. The Seahawks should have won that game last week. Bottom line, Seahawks should have beaten Dallas last week. I have no clue what they were doing offensively, what their game plan was. I think Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator, should have been fired the next day. The way they insisted on pounding the run with Chris Carson. Dude, you have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's the most underrated player in the NFL, in my opinion. How you do not let Russell Wilson take control of that game was astonishing to me. It was absolutely astonishing and perplexing. I had no clue what the Seahawks were doing. And I think their offensive game plan lost them that game. And then on a third and 14, somehow you'd, you let Dak Prescott run a quarterback draw for a first down that set up the Cowboys touchdown. Just unbelievable. Unbelievably bad loss for the Seahawks. Cowboys win, but I think it ends for them this week. I like the Rams in that game to move on to the NFC Championship um, in that one. Then your early game Sunday is another fascinating um, matchup here. Chargers to Patriots. And normally... You just say the words, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Foxborough, and it ends there. And you just say, all right, Patriots win. I don't know, man. I really don't. I'm usually not one to pick against the Patriots. I've said many times, I don't have the level of hate for Tom Brady and the Patriots. Most people do. I respect them. I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in the history of football. I don't think it's particularly close either. But... The Patriots aren't the same this year. Whatever it is, they don't look the same. You know, they, they're they not as healthy. Gronk is obviously not healthy. Um, losing Josh Gordon, who I think they were really going to rely on for big plays, is going to hurt them. And the Chargers, this isn't this isn't your same old Chargers. I mean, normally I'd look at it, and, I, and this is a spot you'd expect the Chargers to fold. Last week's a spot you'd expect the Chargers to fold. But the Chargers are better than a lot of people realize. And they're they're not the same team they've been in the past. Phillip Rivers is having an MVP quality year. I don't think he's going to win it. I think, think, you know, you look at the candidates for MVP. It's Rivers. It's Mahomes. It's Luck. It's Breeze. I think, I kind of think Breeze gets it just because he's never won one. And I think, you know, it could be kind of a lifetime achievement type thing for Breeze. But Philip Rivers is as qualified as anybody. He's had a great year. They have weapons. Finally, Mike Williams is starting to come on, who was uh, you know, a great receiver at Clemson. Finally, he's starting to realize his potential a little bit. Um, and their defense is really good. This isn't your typical Chargers defense. Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, they can really get after the quarterback, and that's how you beat the Patriots. That's how you that's how you beat Tom Brady. So if you can get pressure on him. And make him uncomfortable. That's how you can win. And honestly, you know, if you take the intangibles out of it and the fact that it is the Patriots Foxborough, I like the Chargers. And another, he's this guy doesn't get any talk when you talk about really good young coaches in the league. But Anthony Lynn is done, he's done a tremendous job with the Chargers. I don't know why he doesn't get more talk as you know, one of the best young coaches in this league. In two years, he has done a tremendous job there. 
they've built a really strong team. And I like the Chargers. I honestly have the rare AFC scenario where you have a 5-6 seed AFC championship game. I really think that's where this is headed. Is I think it's the Chargers and I think it's the Colts. And I think you have a 5-6 and six seed in the championship game in the AFC. I mean, I'd love to, as I said, I'd love to see Andy move on. I'd love to see him go to the Super Bowl. Or as of now, I like the Colts and I like the Chargers. Now for the final game of the weekend, Eagles-Saints. I'll say right now I am not ready to make an official prediction yet. I will make my prediction on my show on WIP this weekend. Um, I'm on twice this weekend. I'm on from 3 to 4 on Saturday afternoon, and I'm on my overnight show from 2 to 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, the morning of the game. I will make my prediction during my 3 to 4 p.m. show on WIP on Saturday afternoon. I would love to talk to whoever would like to talk about the game then. And that's where I will make my prediction. But I got to say, how I'm feeling right now, I think the Eagles have a real strong chance to win this football game. I really do. And that's not just being a homer. That's not just blind hope and faith. I honestly feel like the Eagles can win this football game. And I've dissected it a few different ways. I think there are a lot of things working in the Eagles' favor in this game. I know, in general, having a bye, having home field is a big thing, and normally it will help you in the NFL. But a team like the Saints, who's so predicated on rhythm, and when you look at what the Saints did this year, when they were really, you know, going well, when they were really, you know, on a roll, they had a few weeks stretch where they just kept it going. The Eagles were right in the middle of that stretch. That hasn't happened the final few weeks of the season for them. Now, a few weeks removed. They sat everybody in week 17, had a bye week. They haven't played a real game in three weeks when they beat the Steelers. They have not played a real game in three weeks. That rhythm could be off early, and that's the Eagles' chance. If the Eagles can get some stops, get a turnover or two, jump out to a lead, then they got a shot. I think eventually Drew Brees will get that offense moving. And uh, eventually, you know, we'll, the Eagles could be on their heels defensively a little bit. But I do think there's an opportunity for the Eagles to get out to a lead. I think the Eagles have a chance to do some things offensively in this football game. I do. I, I You look at the Saints' defense. They've played better this year. But that secondary can be exploited. You look at a guy like Eli Apple. That's the guy I'm circling. Marshawn Lattimore is the other corner. He's very good. Eli Apple, we've seen him for years with the Giants. He got traded from the Giants earlier in the year. Eli Apple's a guy you can exploit. If you can get Alshon Jeffrey matched up on him one-on-one, he's not the Apple's not the biggest guy. Throw up some 50-50 balls, let Alshon make a play. If you get P, get advantageous matchups on Eli Apple, I think that is where the Eagles will go all day long. That's the guy they can exploit. I think, you know, a big part of this game plan will have to be controlling the football, time of possession, keep that Saints offense off the field. If you can do that, you can you can even more hamper their effect to get into a rhythm. The Eagles, I think, were trying to do that the first time these two teams played. Obviously, it didn't work. But I think the Eagles have a chance. I really do. This Saints offense is potent. 
But the Eagles' defense is way better than they were the first time these two teams played. Way, they're playing much better. They're playing with 10 times more confidence than they did at that point. Michael Thomas, the receiver, is somebody I'm scared of. But other than that, not a ton in the passing game. Another guy that scares me is Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn Jr. is still at his age. An explosive player down the field. The Eagles are going to have to watch. I'm sure the Saints are going to try to hit him on some home run balls. Eagles are going to need to be careful there. Um, Saints running backs, obviously, Ingram and Kamara are fantastic. But this Eagles team is different. You know, I don't put much stock in that 48-7 loss because this Eagles team is different than they were then. And I think the Eagles have a real chance to win this game and move on to the NFC Championship game. As I said, I'll make my official prediction this weekend. I still need to weigh it out a little more over the next couple days. But I absolutely think the Eagles can win this football game and move on to the NFC Championship. And who would have thought that? Who could have envisioned this being the case just a few weeks ago? It's just unbelievable. After they were 4-6, and six, after they lost to Dallas for 6-7, and seven, here we are, three games away from another championship. I cannot wait for Sunday. And that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. I am TK Tom Kelly. As I said, this Saturday, be there, 3 to 4 p.m. I'm on WIP before the the uh, the games on Saturday. Then I'll be back on overnight from 2 to 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, getting you set for Eagle Saints. Thank you all for listening. It was fun. Talk to you next time. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.